all you scaredy cats and kittens and welcome to the two scaredy cats podcast where we talk about all things strange unusual and paranormal we're your hostess with the mostest i'm stacy and i'm kara so kara did you do anything fun or interesting this weekend at all oh yeah i went to the moonville tunnel oh cool and what happened while you were there anything not really we heard like some weird noises but it might have just been the like the echoing inside the tunnel was just very it had weird like sounds it made everything sound like it was right next to you Hmm. so it was definitely strange because we heard like these weird like growling it definitely sounded like an animal we couldn't figure out what kind of animal but they kept sound like an angry animal that was just like growling at us (laughs) oh that's scary he wants to listen to that while you're trying to do whatever take photos yeah right yeah Oh, it make me nervous. I'd be scared. It was definitely in the middle of nowhere, too. So, like, the last 30 minutes of the drive was, like, a gravel, like, a, gra- a literal gravel road going up and down. Did you guys have to hike to it? I thought there was, like, a trail you also had to take to it or not. Yeah, I saw a long walk, though. They've, mm-hmm. like, really, they've, like, renovated a lot to make it really accessible and easy for people to get to. Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. It's, like, a pretty straight, flat walk. And then there's oh, okay. across a bridge, it ha- and the bridge has, like, those locks on it. You mm-hmm. know, like, people will put locks on it for the relationship or whatever. Oh, yeah, really interesting. Huh. Yeah, there's a lock bridge with a bunch of locks on it, and then you cross over, and then you go into the tunnel. Which, the tunnel felt amazing inside. Nice and we, cool, right? Yes, it felt so nice, honestly, because mm-hmm. it was kind of hot that day, and I was kind of worried, but it felt like air conditioner. <laughs> and then, Well, it's because um, it's kind of in the ground, yeah. so it's got, you know what I mean? We found cool. a newt, a little uh, newt yeah. friend. Neat. We saw, and then we also saw it was a crazy looking caterpillar. Probably was poisonous. <laughs> oh, great. Well, hopefully nobody touched it. But yeah, Moonville's supposedly haunted. I'd like to go there like at night. I think it'd be kind of cool to see, but yeah. during the day, there's not probably not a lot going on. That bridge isn't a crybaby bridge, is it? Do you know? No, I don't Did think you... it's a crybaby bridge. Uh, I was just curious. No, it's... I mean, I don't know. I don't think it is. I just know that apparently you can hear stuff. On their website for the bridge, there is like a haunting section. And they do like, you can spend the night in the tunnel, which is uh, kind of no. That's not, it sounds not, not fun. Right? <laughs> Especially if you got angry raccoons hanging out around. I don't want to get mauled by a I know, raccoon that's in the middle of the night. Like... <laughs> yeah, Savannah said she thought it sounded like a raccoon. Mm. And I was like, well, we should go find them. Yeah, of course. But who knows where he is. <laughs> Kara's like, let's go find him. I'll bring him home and I can have a pet. Yeah, I want the pet raccoon. Yeah, until it mauls your head off in the middle of the night. It's not going to maul me. It's going to be my friend. (laughs) That's what you think. Remember, at the end of the day, it's just an animal. Well, did you do anything fun this weekend? Uh, yeah, <laughs> sure. We Let's see. We built a fence, and Dad cut the phone line to the house, so that was um, entertaining. And then <laughs> then we went to how go see. How did you see, know? Like, how did you uh, know it got cut? Because Dad was drilling a hole into the ground, and it, he kept getting the thing stuck on something. Like, it, we thought oh. it was a rock. And he kept, like, jamming it up, and he looked down in the ground, and he realized it was a wire, and I'm like, well, don't <laughs> cut it. 
but the Oops. he was like using a power um like hole digger thing and when he looked on the ground and looked at it closer you could see where it had been like cut some of the rubber part had been cut away and he could tell it was a uh, phone wire because he used to work for um Cincinnati Bell for a while so he knew what phone wire looked like and said that it was phone wire and it wasn't anything dangerous but so we have no phone line to the house right now it's all good <laughs> I mean you have cell phones it's the same thing I know it's not that anybody you, you the only person that really uses it is grandma to call me nonstop. so it's probably a good thing <laughs> and uh <laughs> and then um we went to go see Garth Brooks at uh, Paul Brown Stadium but it we went to the Saturday night show and it was raining on Saturday here in Cincinnati. So we had a two hour um, lightning delay. So we had to go down into the bowels of the stadium and sit there and wait with like 50,000. It was a sold out concert with 50,000 other people. So fun. that was, oh yeah, <laughs> loads of fun. Let me tell you. Um, and was it, it was a re- gross? Yes, it was very hot and muggy and gross yeah. and uh lots of people wearing like and there were some people wearing like cowboy stuff you know like jeans and, and i'm thinking oh my i'm just like dying and what i had i just had shorts and a t-shirt on and i'm thinking mm-hmm. holy moly you're not dying well but then after it rained it cooled off too so thank god i brought a jacket with me so i wasn't totally like freezing to death but it was a really good concert even though it started two hours late he still we had it still his, happened yep and it was, he gave us like two and a half hours. So, I mean, that was pretty cool. But yeah, it was a good concert. I enjoyed myself. So that was fun. It was nice to be back with people again. You know what I mean? Like to go to a concert and enjoy it with other people. And yeah, so that was nice. Concerts. I went to mm-hmm. one in like December. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, I haven't. That was the first time I've been into one in a few years because of COVID. Well, yeah. Because I was supposed to go see him right before COVID happened and then he canceled and <laughs> He rescheduled it like four times and then he finally canceled it all together. So I was just happy to finally see him. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> all right. Is it worth it? <laughs> yeah, actually, yes, it was. Even okay. though I had to well, sit for good. two hours. You know, I love that man. I've been seeing him since, you know, before you were born. So, you know, he's like the one person that I like to go see in concerts. So. All right. So I believe it's your turn to go first this time. So what do you have for us this week? Today we're going to talk about crop circles. Crop circles. Yeah, I actually learned some interesting stuff I didn't know about crop circles when I was researching, so that's always really? good. Well, I can't wait to hear. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. So, yeah. most people know what crop circles are, but if you don't, they are basically uh, the unique circular designs that appear in crops and fields. Um, they have been known about for centuries, and uh, they're believed to be the work of the devil. Um, hmm. In the 17th century, specifically, there was an illustration of Satan mowing his corn, <laughs> which is why people thought it was like the devil was doing it and stuff. Right, right. Um, uh, so there is no evidence exactly of what, of how the crop circles are made, other than hoaxes, because obviously, with most like paranormal things there's always going to be a hoax you know mm-hmm. yep we've seen that in most things obviously there's probably like a good amount of them probably are hoaxes but there's some that you just cannot explain or it doesn't seem humanly possible to be able to do what the if you've seen like the crop circle designs are very intricate mm-hmm. and it doesn't seem like they can uh, 
human could do that without being like in the sky at the same time. Well, actually, there was one that I saw one time. They showed yeah. how they thought somebody could make it. I don't know yeah. if you came across this, like where they would put a board on their foot. Yeah, the, that that guy yep. with the string. Two. Yeah, that guy. Yep, yep, yep. yep. But um, that's the only one I've ever seen of somebody actually man-making But yeah, there it. was Otherwise, two people specifically that were, like, the main hoaxers. And they even came out and they were like, yeah, we did these. And then they showed that thing you were talking about. Mm-hmm. The, how they made them. But I feel like it, they're still going on today. So, like, are they still going to keep up with that after years? Especially after they already exposed right, their themselves. secrets. It doesn't right. make sense. That all of them, especially since they're all over the world, it's not just in a specific area. Right. Um, although crop circles have been spotted all over the world, they are mainly frequently seen in England. Mm-hmm. Specifically southwest of uh, London in the county of Wiltshire. Wiltshire. Hmm. Yeah. Um, also, most of them, I think 85% are very close to Stonehenge, specifically. Really? Which I is interesting. I, I didn't know that, that either. I was huh. like, that's an interesting fact. Yeah. I didn't know. Uh, one of the largest crop circles was 1,500 feet long and 1,500 feet wide. And there wow. was over 300 circles inside the design. Which is That's like, going to be kind of hard for somebody that's to what do I'm saying. with a board. How do they just do mean? this all in a night? Because normally they appear right. overnight. Right, like, right. How do you get 300... Like simultaneous, and they're like perfect circles normally. Yeah. Obviously, you can see like some of the designs that they claim to be theirs were like pretty simple, but they've keep right. getting more and more complex, as elaborate time and stuff. Yeah, I agree yes. with that. I I find it hard. And like, I definitely had, believe like, some are hoaxes right. or like people made, but I don't believe all of them can be right. It's kind of like my belief. Um, yeah. There's some believe that they happen because of magnetism in the ground. That is one theory what? of how they are That's made. That's kind of weird. So basically how magnetic the Earth's core is, it right. makes the plants <laughs> die in what? patterns. What? Oh, come that's on. What that's... Th- that's what people think. That's that what people is think. ridiculous. I'm just telling you that's one of the theories. That would, that then you're theories. trying to say that the grass is magnetic and it's it's getting pulled by the Earth's magnetic pull. And you know what I mean? Do you see what I'm saying? And that's why it's falling yeah. in the direction it's falling in. That's ridiculous. Um, so about 2,000 crop circles pop up yearly in Europe alone. 2,000? Wow, that's I never insane. knew that. That's That's crazy. insane. Yeah, like, that's a crazy amount. I didn't realize how, like, elaborate crop circles were. Right. Um, formations typically happen overnight. However, there's some reported that happen during the day. Hmm. Some now, are they happen- mostly circular, like the one, the old-fashioned ones that we saw, or are they getting, like, more no, geometrical? No, they're, like, insanely, like crazy how really? they are huh. now I was watching a bunch of videos about them to do like the research and I was like these are I don't understand how someone could have done that so easily on the ground even if they right. had like a map or they had like a rough like I don't know how they would be able to do that in such a overnight how some of these well quickly up. yeah you would have to have and then not to see the footprints that they made getting to the yeah. actual area you know what I mean or car yeah. tracks or however they get to that area and there's some, there's something, there's another way you can, like, tell if it's a hoax that we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, but basically, some people have come forward to claim they created some in 1976, specifically. That's kind of like when they became really popular and they started popping up. 
Right. But in 1880, there was a letter written to a scientific journal described how several circles of flattened crops in a field were formed. So there is, like, documentation that people... Wait, did you just say 1880? Like, is yes, it 1880? Wow, goes that far back? 80, that's what I'm saying. This isn't, wow. like, a recent phenomenon, but that was, like, right. specifically referencing the crop circle. Obviously, I talked earlier about the Satan one where right. he's mowing mm-hmm. the lawn, but it's that was, like, a direct reference of a circle and, like, flattened crops. Hmm. So a researcher actually discovered that crop circles were not spread out randomly, they're most likely to appear near roads, areas of medium to dense populations, and near Stonehenge or Avebury in particular. Some people do report strange experiences inside crop circles, feelings strange or weird, and sightings of orbs um, are also associated with crop circles, like seeing lights in the sky. Right. There's actually a, a video of like some orbs flying around a field. I'm pretty sure it might be faked, but it's it was an interesting video. And, like, you could see them creating the circles as the orbs were flying around. It was very, very interesting video. Huh. It does sound weird. Because it was trying to, like, an explanation of how it was made. There is some speculation that the crop circles are used for time travel. That's Ooh, one, one that's thing. interesting. That, like, these other civilizations are using... The patterns to see like how far forward, forward in time they are. Mm-hmm. So like the they might not even be for us. There's for like the travelers. That's yeah. one of the theories I've seen. So the bend test is a way to figure out if a crop circle was made by a hoax or not. So basically, if the stalk of the corn is snapped, then it is most likely a hoax because in a real quote unquote crop circle, the stem will be bent which can only be done when using intense heat which people think that the crop circles would be made by heat of mm-hmm. some sort because it makes it naturally just bend like that we don't know where the heat source is coming from or how they would bend like that but that's one of the theories this is one of the more interesting examples of them kind of like popping up in the day so in july of 1996 at 5.30 p.m., a pilot flew over a field and saw nothing, nothing unusual. And then an hour later, he flew back over the same field, and there was a crop circle with 149 different circles over a square acre pattern. Huh. Yeah. And they have experimented on taking the seeds from the crop circles specifically. Right. And to see, like, if the yield is different than the normal like ones from the same field but not within the crop circle and the ones inside the crop circle actually have a better harvest like really? way, they produce way more which is strange wow that is weird hmm. and then they say that it could be from magnetic energy coming from the earth might be promoting <laughs> that but it's still weird that it cuz I'm like it is strange that no one has been testing the actual corn before right. that's like the only that person i've weird. seen that has tested it and that hmm. some researcher in Canada who is like testing it. But yeah, that's the information I have today on crop circles. Mm, that's pretty cool. Yeah, like there's some interesting stuff I didn't know, like just how Yeah, many I didn't there know were. they're all near the uh Easter Island. That's kind of interesting. You mean Stonehenge? Oh, did I say Easter Island? Yeah, I meant Stonehenge, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh Easter Island. Different place. We should, yeah, we I should know. 
we should cover that one of us. Yes, should. we should. Yes. That's a good one. I didn't think about that one. But yeah. Um, or even Stonehenge Stone. is a good one, too. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. For a future topic. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But yeah. So what do, you, what do you have for us today? Well, today I'm going to be talking about the Wahila, which is a cryptid that comes to us from our neighbors in Canada. It's a part wolf, part bear creature. And... Oh. Yep, it comes from Native American folklore. Of course, a lot of these kind of things usually do start there. And then, you know how it is. It kind of gets a foothold in society and that. And then everybody, you know, thinks they're seeing them and stuff. The Wahila, as I said, is what we're talking about today. It is a large wolf and bear-like creature, which is said to inhabit the areas of Alaska and the Northwest Territories of Canada. So it's larger and it's more heavily built than a normal um, wolf that we would see. Um, and it has a wide head, which uh, if I, from the pictures that I've seen of this thing, its head almost looks like the face of like a bear, basically. Ooh. And then the rest of its body is, um, like I said, it's more larger and it has long, white, pure white fur. Oh, so it. Pretty. Like I said, it's more in the colder air, colder climates is where you'll find oh, it. Oh, I guess that makes sense why it would be white. Right. So it can blend in better. And, uh, so it can blend in. Yeah. yeah. And so the prey won't see it when it's coming after it. That's weird, though. It has a bear head, but it's white. Right. Are you sure it's not a polar bear? <laughs> uh, that's what somebody joked and said one time they thought, thought it was a polar bear. But no, really. it it. And I'll tell you, I'm going to tell you a little bit here that uh, some people speculate that it is leftover from um, when we had the Ice Age. Ice Age? Yeah, yeah. that's some theories about it, too. So, um, anyway, like I said, this creature, um, they say that when you look at it, this wolf is described as being anywhere from three and a half feet tall to four feet tall at the shoulder. Wahilas are known to be solid, solitary creatures. If you do see them, it's usually a couple that's traveling together with their children if you see them in a group. It's never, like, you know, how wolves normally travel in a pack. They do yeah, not, they're not packed. Yeah, they're not known to travel on a pack. All right, so as I told you all, this is a Native American legend, and the Native legends describe the Wahila as an evil spirit with supernatural powers that kills people by removing their heads. Um, yeah, it like bites their heads off. It has been theorized that the Wahila could be a dire wolf. Now, I don't know, like, dire wolves have been talked about, like, in Harry Potter, they've come up, Game of Thrones. Um, oh, Game of yes, Thrones. Yes, the one tribe, or the one people on the Game of Thrones, they actually have the dire wolves as part of, or part of their uh, army or whatever. Um, and they also uh, say that um, it could be a prehistoric hyena, but if you look at its face, it doesn't look like a, like a hyena. But anyway, that's what they say it could be. And, or they think it could be a completely new species that um, has uh, come about. But like I said, they thought maybe it came from the Ice Age um, because, you know, we had the saber-toothed tigers and all that back then, the woolly mammoths Mm -hmm. and stuff. And I said that they called it like a saber wolf. So, you know, like a cross between a saber-toothed tiger and a wolf, I guess, is what they were trying to say it was, uh, could it be also. So the Wahila is native to the Nahanio, or um, also called the Headless Valley, 
because of the fact that they find the bodies of people missing heads all over this valley area. It's like crazy. Oh. Um, in the past, oh, I want to say the past 50 years or so, they found over 42 headless bodies in this valley area. It is mostly a Native American legend, but it was actually seen by an American mechanic named Frank Graves. And um, he talked about it in 20, uh, his encounter in 2018, and he described it as a wolf on steroids when he actually saw this thing. But in 1908, people began, and I want to explain a little bit about the valley part. So in 1908, people began finding headless people in the northwest uh, uh, Canada area known as the Nohani Valley. The legend states that the Wahila is a giant wolf-like creature and it was responsible for these deaths. They found over 44 headless bodies that, oh my um, that have turned up in this valley since then, including a prospector whose cabin was burned to the ground in 1917, an unknown miner that was found still in his sleeping bag with his head missing in 1945. And that is when the valley came to be known as the Headless Valley, when all of a sudden these headless people start showing, you know, happening everywhere. Okay, so some cryptozoologists believe that the sightings of the uh, Wahila can be attributed to a relict population of prehistoric bears. Others, though, think they may be related to an Inuit uh, mythological creature known as the um, Amoric which is basically a ruthless giant wolf creature who eats lone hunters in the night. Yeah, so I don't know which one I would want to believe there on that whole thing. So real quick, uh, I wanted to tell the story of Frank Graves, give a little background on him and stuff, and how, you know, he came to be where he was. So Frank Graves actually worked for a famous um, crypto uh, zoologist, okay? And the story goes that Graves traveled to the Nahani Valley in Canada with four other guys. While he was there, he discovered a wolf-like cryptid that was called the Wahila. Graves is the only person alive today who can claim mm-hmm. to have seen this animal. Now, he returned back to Nahini, the Nahani, I'm sorry, the Nahani um, area later that fall where he interviewed some of the locals and documented their sightings that they talked about but they talked about it in a different way than like what he saw I mean it was still kind of the same but they had a different name for it and they called it the little Neanderthalic humanoid called the Nukluk and he was the first person to mm-hmm. write about this nukluk that, um, yeah, the nukluk, nukluk, which was hanging about in the uh, Nahani uh, Valley area there, where the wolf was also being seen um, biting off people's heads. Oh, that's great. Um, yeah. And this is like all happened in Canada. But it's interesting to note, just like on a side note, kind of a little bit related, but unrelated to this. There um, is an area in Canada, it's near the Toronto, or not the Toronto, it's near Lake Ontario, that, um, to tie in with what we talked about last week about the aliens and all that, that they believe that there is a hidden UFO, um, like, base 
underneath Lake Ontario because there have been a lot, and I mean a lot of sightings. Really? Um, yeah. And this, it's a town called Hamilton, which is like in between Toronto and Niagara Falls. And there have been, and it sits right on the shore of Lake Ontario. And they say that there have been, uh, a lot of sightings just recently of, um, like light shows, like, you know, orbs mm. in the sky, light up orbs and stuff. And one person actually saw a cigar shaped looking, um, you know, light in the sky that came down and actually landed into the lake. That's weird. So, <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of crazy stuff going on up to our friends in the north in Canada also, not, you know, just us that has all the crazy, strange things going on. But that's all I have this week on the um, Wahili. So, Wahili. Not to be confused with the Wahula, but the Wahili. Oh, okay. Yes. So anyway. All right. Do you have anything else to add? No, I don't think so. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well, if you enjoyed our podcast today, follow us on Instagram at Two Scaredy Cats Podcast, and please be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It really helps the show get discovered. And tune in in two weeks for a new episode. And to all our scaredy cats and kittens out there, remember, curiosity didn't kill these two scaredy cats. Thank you.